Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. The voice of Husker Nation is on the air. This is Hale Varsity Radio. Insight, opinion, expertise, along with the biggest names talking Nebraska sports. Join in with the show at 402-489-1240 or 1-800-825-5865. Now, here are your hosts, Chris Schmidt and Elijah Herbel. Welcome to it. Midweek editions here. It's Hale Varsity Radio. Chris Schmidt, Elijah Herbel. We're powered by... Cornhead Lager. We haven't cracked one yet, but uh, you're welcome. Two numbers to get in. 489-1240. 489-1240. Wherever you hear us across the Hale Varsity Radio Network. You can watch the show. You're invited to do that and can comment on the stream yard, the Hale Varsity YouTube channel. Subscribe to that. Watch not only our show, but uh, of course, heard at Sports in the Morning and all the content provided. Provided. Uh, also, the Hale Varsity Radio Twitter feed. Give that a follow at H Varsity Radio. Can rewatch the show that way. Mike Babcock with us in about 18 minutes or so. Uh, get Babber's thoughts on Nebraska, Maryland, and also in hour two, Evan Bland from the Omaha World Herald. What's Kyler Murray look like as he returns? A jock talk with Dr. Brandon Seifert with Nebraska Orthopedic. That is on the way. Emails, chris at halevarsity.com is where uh, you can always uh, send comments or uh, questions, if you like. And the other Dave has already chimed in. We'll get to this. We'll have a little bit of Mike Loxley on Nebraska from his press conference. Some pending questions on the Big Red as there's three games left. The other Dave's still waiting on the Michigan punishment or the Michigan punishment. Uh, Interesting story from Adam Rittenberg on, you know, what can happen. Some sort of response will be made public tomorrow, and uh, Michigan uh, responded to the commissioner today. And uh, once Michigan responded, the Big Ten commissioner and the league will move forward with what? <laughs> dot, dot, dot. I know all the national talking heads are arm wrestling about this, suspension, banishment. We'll see. All I got to say is this. If UNLV, and I love that UNLV team with Jerry Tarkadian from 90 to 91, they got to uh, to put off a NCAA tournament ban the following year uh, in lieu of having uh, one more run at back-to-back titles. Uh, that was an incredible UNLV squad. This is an incredible Michigan squad. I know you've done some tire kick at Elijah on the Blake Corum LLC, one of our favorite guests at Big Ten Media Days. Be careful who you're allegedly in business with. Right? Because was he doing his, Blake Corum was flipping houses. He had an LLC. Uh, apparently, Stallions had a refurbished vacuum business. Und- under the same LLC, it sounds right. like. Right. So, is it just somebody that went under the same umbrella, or were they partners? 
Well, according to the LLC, they're both listed as organizers of this LLC, which uh-huh. I believe but an Blake Corum would a have limited to sign liability off on. company. But I believe Blake Corum would have to sign off on that. Now he says, "Well, I had I had no involvement in this whatsoever." And I've it, got people for that. And it came to light because the homeowners association where Stallions was living <laughs> caught wind of the fact that they were running a business out of their home, which is against. Michigan the, law? Well, it's against their homeowner homeowners association agreement. You weren't allowed to run a business out of your home. And the whole business was taking used vacuums and selling them as refurbished vacuums, even though they were not refurbished. They were just used vacuums, and people were very upset. And it was a shoddy it was a bad business. It was a shoddy uh, purchase by those who went uh, with the refurbished. Well, at least it wasn't a, a vacuum shop shop, you know, like in, in Better Call Saul and Breaking Bad. Uh, because those were ways to get, you know, manhunt victims, or I should say criminals, not victims, out of the country or at least to safety. Well, and what's, what's interesting, which as, as Matthew chimes in, with them setting up an LLC in Wyoming, despite the fact that they're living in Michigan, isn't that another crime on top of it? It, it, it is a Wyoming-based company that they were running out of their Michigan home. Interstate commerce. Now, um, I'll say this. I think Scott Frost... And a handful of other folks would sign their contract in in the NFL in Jackson Hole, Wyoming, from a tax standpoint. That's where they they would. I'm fairly certain because I think JoJo Doman's dad was Scott's original original agent. But that's happened before. Uh, guys will sign their deals in Wyoming because of the tax situation. Uh, less taxes off the top with your signing bonus, all those sorts of things, presumably. Or you just want to go kick it in Jackson Hole because it's awesome. So, well, that, that whole story is just, it, it gets wackier and wackier by the day. Uh, what, what happens first, the NCAA rules or there's a 30 for 30 on this? Right. 30 for 30 probably comes first. Yeah, don't you think that that I mean, happens? They, I mean, they got the BS High one, Bishop Sycamore. Mm-hmm. They got that documentary. I know that was HBO, not 30 for 30, but they got that thing up quick. Sure. That was within 18 months they had that documentary up. So if we're in the same time frame here, 18 months, that's a, that'd be a quick operation from the NCAA. Well, we'll lay it all out for you. We'll hear from Maryland on the Big Red. Uh, that is uh, on the docket, and uh, we'll get into some Nebraska thoughts. Four eight nine twelve forty. So, as you stare down the barrel of November, and you know a week ago going into Michigan State, part of the theme was a November to remember. Uh, it will be right because Nebraska is still in that quest for for six wins and bowl eligibility. But let's flip it around. Instead of it just being a drive for six and beyond for Nebraska football, from an expectation standpoint or a worry standpoint, are you now worried about getting to six? We asked Matt Verzel this yesterday. It's been kind of on our mind. And the season's been a roller coaster. And it's not been a roller coaster in the sense where there's been – lack of coaching or or bad coaching or attention to detail there's just been some of the same ills with nebraska football you have one side of the ball the defense that's been pretty dominant you've had special teams for the most part it's been a a solid unit as well it's not been boneheaded mistake after boneheaded mistake it's been more lack of execution or explosion on offense that has been your achilles heel this year for nebraska after an 0-2 start, 
you you ride it in the rest of September until Michigan comes into town. So you you end September at two and three, but then you get through October at three and zero, oh, which is, as cousin Eddie says, a real nice surprise. And Nebraska found a way to to score enough points and get really solid defensive play. And now you're off on the wrong foot in November against Michigan State because as you looked at the Final Four, Sparty, Maryland, at Wisconsin, Iowa, Sparty was your your most winnable game on paper. From a talent standpoint, listen, Michigan State had players. They still have players, and you weren't sure if they were going to get up off the mat. They did that on senior day. Now here comes Maryland, a similar situation in a bit of a tailspin where their stretch really after the the first half of the Ohio State game, they got slapped around in the second half. Then they lose at home to Illinois. That Ohio State loss on top of Illinois' physicality is a game that beat you twice plus a little bit of Illinois. And then you're hungover two-twofold, and you go into Northwestern, and you let them put up, what, 30 on you? Uh, And then you come back, and here's Penn State ready to smack you. That happens. And I do believe uh, you have Michigan looming after Nebraska. Uh, You get to host Michigan. All that being said, you know, Maryland's not in in a great spot right now either, except that they've scored points. They have some playmakers on offense. They've, They've got a really talented quarterback. So are you worried about getting to six if you're a Nebraska fan right now has it shifted your expectation it's been a roller coaster what now what's the outlook for you i i firmly believe they get to six i haven't quite made my mind up on if it happens saturday or if it happens black friday or if it happens in wisconsin that'd be sweet to get it taken care of Saturday if you're a Nebraska fan. And it'd be really cool to, to go get one against Wisconsin on the road. The team that has just stepped on you most of, if not all of your existence in the Big Ten. Not just beating you, but pulverizing you as you entered into the league in some big games while you're highly ranked. And then you get to a conference title and they put up 70 on you. You've just never had an answer. Close losses, blowout losses. Wisconsin is next week. But get it done this weekend, obviously, if you're a Nebraska fan. And then see if uh, see if you can go 3-1 and one in November. 2-2s two and twos looking a bit like a long shot now because Michigan State was supposed to be one of those two. And if you, if you don't finish at 6... Man, you're going to have such a sour feeling because you you had an opportunity right there. And listen, there is reality to why Nebraska is struggling with injuries, with limited uh, offensive performance, and they've they've just not been perfect. And they almost have to be perfect or at least get a big play or two to score some points. They've had a few drives sprinkled in there that have gone eight, ten, thirteen plays. They've driven the field, but they don't routinely do it on offense. So. Uh, right now, am I worried about six? It's okay to be concerned about six, but I think they get it. Well, with it, with every loss, it becomes more concerning, which sounds obvious, but there's a deeper thing to what I'm saying here, and that's that I think Nebraska's chances at victory in the final four games, starting with Michigan State, gets a little more difficult, I think, to go beat Maryland, how you match up with them. I think it gets more difficult 
with Wisconsin, considering they're not in the midst of a five or four game losing streak, and with how balanced they are as a team. They're not great offensively, they're not great defensively, but they're super solid on both sides of the football, and you're on the road. That That's a, a step up, I think, in terms of difficulty to get a win from Maryland. And then I think you step up with Iowa again. I know Iowa hasn't been setting the world alight this season, but stylistically, how they beat teams is they... They use their defense and their special teams to wait for you to make a mistake, and they take advantage. And Nebraska makes plenty of mistakes offensively and as of late with their special teams as well, at least from what we saw in the Michigan State game. So, I mean, I worry with the Iowa game of Nebraska turning the football over on their own 20-yard line, setting up Iowa with a short field. And they even, win even if it's a field goal, yeah, <laughs> you're staring down the barrel of a gun with how good that Iowa defense is if you're down 3 nothing because Nebraska couldn't really move the ball against Michigan State's defense with any success. How do you expect him to move the ball against Iowa? And I understand every game's a different battle, but at the same time, that's how Iowa loves to beat football teams is they take the ball away from your offense, they get six points on the board, and they, they trust their defense and their special teams to make enough plays down the stretch that they'll eke out a 6-3 to three win or a 6 to nothing win a, a 10 to 7 win that's how Iowa wins football games so I think that's an, an even bigger step up from Wisconsin in terms of difficulty so I get real concerned if Nebraska can't beat Maryland on Saturday in terms of their quest for six wins combine it with the fact that momentum is huge in the game of football not just on a game-by-game basis but throughout a season and if you lose two straight games while you're at five and now you're looking at a road trip against Wisconsin then a home game against Iowa, that momentum gets quite worrisome to me in terms of can Nebraska get to six. I'm with you. I think they should be able to at least eke out one of these victories because with Maryland, it's a case of limiting the explosive plays and getting after the quarterback. Maryland rushed for negative 50 yards against Penn State. And you have to factor in sacks there, but that's how Penn State beat them is they didn't allow the explosive plays. They said, you know what, Maryland, if you're going to beat us, you're going to have to beat us on a 10-play, 75-yard drive, which is not Maryland's strong suit this year. And whenever you get him into third and long, you pin the ears back and you get Tonga Vailoa on the ground. I think if Nebraska follows that formula, they give themselves a chance to win. The question is, what can your offense do? I know Drew Aller had a good day rushing the football. Can Heinrich Harburg do the same? I don't know. I, I think you know, Where's his headspace at? Yeah, it's a winnable game for Nebraska against Maryland. But if you, if you don't win that, you have to go to Wisconsin, which presents its own set of challenges, then Iowa at the end of the year. If you're at five wins whenever you head to Iowa, my concern is great. And I see it there. My, my concern is just so much more with Nebraska getting to six than it is as of last week. But I still think the path is there. Path. I mean, but simply put, I think Big Ten title game hopes are out the door. It, it's who knows? Who absolutely knows with the West? You, you don't have anyone from the West that deserves to go to Indy. You just don't. I mean, when you look at the rest of the league, uh, you have better teams in the East. Maryland's the the second most talented team Nebraska will face this year behind Michigan. Uh, Maryland's just not playing with it. Dion chimes in. It's he's more worried about Maryland than the two after, and that's absolutely a fine opinion. I mean, Iowa's beatable because of how limited they are on offense. Uh, Wisconsin's beatable because. Listen, they're really in the same spot as Nebraska, new offense, new personnel. Uh, they're, they're not really, or they haven't leaned on the, the run game. They've also been dinged up, and it's, it's a transition year for, for Wisconsin. Never in a million years would a Wisconsin team in November go lose to an Indiana team, especially a Wisconsin team that found a way to kind of save their season just a couple of weeks prior at Illinois. Uh, if you if you go win that game in the fashion they won it with a backup quarterback, there uh, you don't you don't foresee them 
uh, taking a, a couple of steps back and losing it at Indiana. But Michigan State and Indiana, both teams playing with a, a ton of pride right now. Um, you know, I think Maryland concerns me because of their offense. My expectation is Nebraska's defense to be angry, to be focused in, and to be a defense that is absolutely going to fly around. It's going to be back to the old black shirt defense. That's what you need. That's what you have to have. But they better be uh, controlled, but aggressive as all get out on Saturday and just let it fly around. Go be what you've been if you're the Nebraska defense. And if you're Nebraska, just keep using that sledgehammer and wailing away at the Maryland defensive line. I need to see Emmett Johnson with 20 carries. I need to see Harburg with about five per carry on the option and quarterback keep game. You can one-two punch this Maryland front seven. Mike Babcock weighs in. Hail Varsity continues.